Let's just be still for a moment. Lord, I pray that you will be in my words and in our hearts and minds this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're continuing um, for those regular members of the congregation. I hope those of you who are... um, uh, Uh, are here specifically for the baptism, will forgive us this. Um, We're continuing with a sermon series this morning that's been running over the past few weeks uh, on holiness. Um, And we looked um, at the holiness of God uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, And then last week, um, Andrew Barker shared with us um, his wisdom on um, the holiness that's um, God's desire for each one of us through the person of Jesus. Jesus the example of holiness to us all. And this week, we're going to um, look at how we might, uh, each one of us, attain holiness through the work of the Holy Spirit within us. St. Augustine, who was perhaps the most uh, famous and important of the uh, fathers of the early church, lived in the the 3rd century um, AD, Um, he's famously supposed to have said, Lord, make me holy, but not yet. I wonder how many of us have had exactly that thought at various points in our lives. I certainly know that um, trying to be uh, holy in all that I think or say or do um, is um, far from easy or straightforward, and that um, time and again I just don't get anywhere near um, the standard that God um, would love to see each one of us make in our lives. Um, this um, story is perhaps not much, um, but uh, Andy, our youth worker, and I um, were heading to a conference in Leicester on Friday evening. Um, I was driving. And we, um, to be quite honest, we were cutting it a bit fine. I think it's probably got something to do with um, uh, both of us having uh, little babies in our households at the moment and and leaving the house is is a bit more complicated than before they arrived. Anyway, um, but I was driving. We were cutting it a bit fine. um, And um, there were a couple of sets of traffic lights, um, both of which were... um, to be honest, well and truly amber as we came up to them. I had a choice. Accelerate. And it would be touch and go whether we still went across on amber or perhaps it might just have flipped to red. Or put the brakes on pretty hard. Um, we probably have ended up with a bit of bruising from a seatbelt. That's better. Um, A bit of bruising from a seatbelt, but it wouldn't have been uh, dangerous to stop. In both cases, I confess, I put my foot down. And we zipped through both sets of lights, and we made the start of the conference just in time. Um, But uh, Andy gave me a bit of a ticking off afterwards. Um, for really having pushed the boundaries a bit of what's acceptable um, legal driving. And um, I confess I felt a bit of a mixture of, um, yeah, I know you were technically right, but we might have missed the start of the conference if I hadn't done that. And in any case, it's hardly serious stuff, is it? 
does this sort of thing actually matter in our Christian lives? We read in the Bible that God says, be holy just as I am holy. If the definition of holiness, or at least a a pretty good definition of it, um, that comes from um, an English um, theologian of of the 17th century, a chap called John Owen, if his definition of holiness is that it's nothing but the implanting, writing, and living out of the gospel in our souls and nothing less than the conformity to the character of God, then are apparently small things, like going through a couple of traffic lights on maybe slightly more red than amber, um, are they having an impact on my or your relationship with God and our relationship with one another as well too, potentially? Let's start by looking at our reading um, for this morning to give us some clues. Our passage from John's Gospel, um, it's the very end of chapter 15, the start of chapter 16, um, is um, from a key uh, set of chapters, a key part of John's Gospel, a key part of Jesus' story where he guides and he prays for his disciples in the hours immediately before he's arrested and tried and crucified. And Jesus talks to his disciples of the way in which when he leaves them, he'll send to them the one who he calls the counsellor or the advocate. And this is how the Holy Spirit is sometimes referred to. It's the person who, uh, he is the person who... um, speaks, extraordinarily speaks, as we hear in verse 26, um, who intercedes on behalf of every single one of of us, um, with God the Father and with Jesus himself, who prays for each one of us to them, that we may be reunited with God the Father and with Jesus. the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the counsellor, will testify to them. And he will also testify to each one of us about Jesus, since this is what Christ also promised to those who chose to follow him. It's through this testimony that we encounter the person of Christ, our model for holiness. I think there are two um, particular consequences for us as we encounter the Holy Spirit in this way and let him into our lives. First, in contrast to the values of the world that fill everything and everyone around us, we're transformed inwardly by the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Speaking against the values and the lies that the world um, circulate transformed into the likeness of Christ himself. And secondly, this isn't um, simply a case of transformation for ourselves, but it's a transformation in the way in which we share with others what Jesus has done in our lives. We'll see this reflected uh, in the words of one of the worship songs um, with which we'll respond in a few minutes. The words are these. 
Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Melt me, mould me, fill me, use me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. This is the same Holy Spirit. I'm going to go down there. This is not getting, the geography is not good this morning. Um, This is the same Holy Spirit, of course, um, for whose presence we've just prayed in the baptisms of Alice and of Nate. And in the words of the baptism service, we declare, through baptism, we are reborn by the Holy Spirit. We're washed by the Holy Spirit and made clean. And we pray that both Alice and Nate will receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit into their lives and as a consequence live lives centred on the holy example of Jesus as part of his family, God's holy church. The theologian Jerry Bridges in his book The Pursuit of Holiness says, no one can attain any degree of holiness without God working in their life. But just as surely, no one will attain it without effort on their own part. God has made it possible for us to walk in holiness. But he's given us the responsibility of doing the walking. So whilst God's divine hand is always extended to each one of us through the person of the Holy Spirit, we also have to seek him in a posture of humility before the Holy Spirit, even if it's um, perhaps only for a couple of road traffic misdemeanors. The right response from us to the infinite holiness of God, I suggest, can only ever be to acknowledge that we've done wrong, that we need his infinite forgiveness, that we need his grace, and that we seek his transformation in our lives. My prayer is that each one of us will, day by day, and Alice and Nate, be increasingly conformed through the work of that same Holy Spirit within each one of us, to the image of of Jesus Christ through prayer, through reading God's word, through looking at the Bibles that we gave both of them, through fellowship with our Christian sisters and brothers, and through the sharing of Holy Communion in God's family, the church. And in so doing, I pray that we will all approach more closely day by day what John Owen described as the glorious work of the Holy Spirit, the gift of God to each one of us. That is his infinite holiness. In his holy name. Amen.